Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 92, Peaks and Trophiness. Enjoy the show. I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie, Rosie and Jessica's, Jessica's Day, of, Day fun. of Fun. Hi, hi, yeah. Hello. How's your week been? Um, apocalyptic, apocalyptic. Apocalyptic, yep, 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 same, same. Real good times. For a change. <laughs> it's, uh, um, no, it's been uh, personally okay, but, um, I mean, that's the thing with the world, isn't it? You're like, well, this is going quite well, but uh, mixed, mixed bag on the world mixed stage. <laughs> on the general front, mixed bag. Yeah, ups and downs, but, um... I mean, at the start of last week... Peaks and troughs, that's all part of life's rich tapestry or so they keep telling me, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is a real trophy tapestry, let me say that now. <laughs> you know, that that tapestry is trophy. That's what they say. Um, but the the start of last week had a, had 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 good in it because you and I took the, the trophiness and uh, uh, tried to do something about it in our own small way. Yes, we did. We marched on City Hall or something, I don't know. What did you think you were attending? I didn't make it to the end because so I had to go to work. Where did What What happened? I, I don't know what happened after I left. I didn't know your life. We went to, Basically, we went on the women's protest march in London. Up, up, up the women. Da, da, oh, that's da, such da, a great da. show. That's up, a shame up, they cancelled that. The it was The second seri- series wasn't as good, but... Yes, unfortunately, I've only seen the second series. Oh, well, the first three episodes are brilliant. Yeah, no, it being me didn't didn't do that. I was of course there to uh, mainly protest the cancellation of Agent Carter. Um yes, but correct. We, we went we went to the women's uh, protest march on London, uh, Jessica, me and our mum. Uh I'm not saying that the patriarchy uh you know uh, our dad was at the football. Let's put it this way. <laughs> there were some some real gender divides happening. He was there in spirit. But his mind and body was at the football. Um, yeah. Uh, and we, but we went uh, with a group of people on mass. Uh, Jessica had made a, a placard that said "Nope for President." I like anything I can do involving a sharpie just makes me happy. So yeah, I did some craftings. That's well. Somebody on Twitter, a right wing activist, was set complaining that lefties only like protesting because it's arts and crafts. So I was like, yes, and your point being, madam. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, fair. It's not. We only protest because we like arts and crafts. We protest and we like arts and crafts. Yes. Why not both? We are inclusive of all our interests. Why be separatist? Uh, why be done any different? Uh, so we did that. Uh, started in Grosvenor Square. I had a catastrophic journey in, so spent some time um, trying to find you, including getting stuck on a hedge for quite a while. And I got frostbite. But apart and from that, it was a very successful afternoon. Yeah, but then once I joined in, it turned out that someone, this guy, had brought an amazing packed lunch, including a thermos of tea. Yeah, that was very strong work from you. I was the the most popular protester. <laughs> Not because I was sharing it, because I just looked, well, frankly, upset. Because I was there to both fight the power, but also, I am British, and I did want a cup of tea. So I had a lovely yeah, well, thermos. That, you can't let standards slip just because... No. You know, the revolution has started. You know, just because one of the major global superpowers is governed by a fascist uh, bigot... Uh, doesn't mean we can't all have a cup of tea. We didn't even stop for tea. We continued. For I tea. mean, really, at that point, if you if you can't have a cup of tea, I think I think the, they've won already. 
we've already lost. Um, a lot of great placard work. Uh, we went to Trafalgar Square, but it was such a long march that, not in that way, that we got there at four, or maybe like half That's three. That's really long. The schedule said arriving at Trafalgar Square at two, so I was like, well, that is great, because I have to be at work at two, so when we walk past work, I will just depart. No, what happened is I had to, like jog casually through Mayfair. I I mean, I saw bits of, of London I'd never seen before, so that was nice. It was slightly stressful. I was no longer cold by the time I got to work, but it that way because the blood flow to my feet had returned quite quite successfully. Well, some of us were wearing two pairs of socks. Uh, yes, I was one of those people. Oh. Maybe I was fuelled by the mania of trying to find you all in Grosvenor Square. Maybe that's it. Maybe I just have some sort of um, circulation You were condition. all sort of standing around, whereas I was fuelled by trying to I mean, I nearly jumped ahead. Is what I I'm suspect saying. you you were standing on pavement for longer than me as well, because I was cold mud. Uh, also, at one point, I was elevated above everyone, standing on a road barrier. Uh, that's where I ate my packed lunch, which is hoisted on people's shoulders. No, there was a there was like you know those red and white plastic sort of rectangular barriers you clip together at roadworks. Right, I know that I know the very. I was ones. standing on one of those, uh, trying to sort of see into the square, um, and that was the point at which I thought, well, I'm up here, I'll have a bagel. I, off, I I think that every day. Well, I'm here. I'm here. I may as well have a bacon. Yeah, it was good. We didn't get kettles. That's always a plus. That's always. We a saw plus. someone in full tank girl cosplay. Unusual. Uh, Jessica Jessica's note for president placard had the phrase "Is this the queue for Hamilton tickets?" on the back of it. And let me tell you, it got yep. a whole lot of love. People, it did. Were super it here did. for both sides of that placard. Because just because we're in the revolution doesn't mean we can't make stupid jokes on bits of poster boards. You know, either the front had the sensible message, but it was still, like, was whimsical. How, how sensible? Because... <laughs> and the back was taking the piss out of the entire enterprise. But the back was just fri- utterly frivolous. But, you know, you have to have both for balance. Yeah. You have to say, look, I am making a point. And that is that I think this fictional television character... Um, should be in charge. Should be in charge. <laughs> yeah, the back. I was just. I was just thought I'd make a joke. And to be fair, I thought I'd make your joke. But that's not the point. Everyone's welcome. Everyone is welcome. I was on with the pl- with the poster boards and the sharpies. Yeah, because I just couldn't be asked. I was telling people about it, and I was like, Ugh. if I if I were to make a placard, which I'm not, I, I made a curry the day before instead. Well, that's fair. Oh, and it was just delicious. Oh, I might make a curry this well, evening. Well, I remade the same curry last night because it was so good, and we ate it in front of Country File. Very good. As as I said, standards need not slip. So mainly that's that's been uh, did that. As you can see, it made a whole a whole world of difference. Yes, it fixed everything. I think it's all good. Everyone everyone's welcome. Uh, or are they? Am I right? Oh, oh, oh. This weekend I went uh, clubbing instead. Nice. Last weekend after the uh, revolution whatever we're calling it, I don't know. Um, I went to Cahoots, Cahoots for vintage cocktails because I love dichotomy. Yes. You contain multitudes, Jessica. On Saturday, I I marched for, like, freedom and inclusivity and, like, justice and goodness. And on Sunday night, I went and sat in a bunker and pretended there was a war on. Well, preparation, if anything... Precisely, um, it, I've 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 undersold that. I, Cahoots is a very um, very charming. I went to Cahoots to celebrate um, birthday and leaving dues for various people at work, myself included. And birthday, not leaving due. And Cahoots is a delightful um, kind of vintage bar, but it's decked out like an old tube station, and it's also very nineteen forties. And all the cocktails have whimsical names. 
um, yeah. and they have Cockney rhyming slang, slang piped into the into the leaves. So you can learn something there as well. Oh, it's educational. Yeah, and they had a live band called the Femmes, who do like three three part close harmony girl group of the Papini Sisters style. Lovely. Or I suppose the Andrews Sisters, if you want to be accurate. And it's charming, and we all got dressed up, so there was many a victory roll, and a tea frock. Oh, the dream. Yep, it was good. It was an excellent, excellent evening. I wore Doc Martens and a crop top, so a bit different when I went out. The venue that I was at had a um, a stage, so soon after arriving, I went on stage. Stormed the stage. Stormed the stage, and spent the next three hours uh, lip-syncing like I was a drag queen. Of course you did. And some people enjoyed it. I say some. Me. I enjoyed it. I have no idea... <laughs> I think other people probably would have noticed because I was standing at the front of the stage occasionally pointing at my mouth the way some drag queens do on the complex bits and they probably went, who is this idiot? <laughs> and what is happening to them? <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't like it. <laughs> uh, but I had a great time. I had a great time. Oh, Good. I was furious when it ended. They played Total Eclipse of the Heart and then the lights came up and I was just like, what's going on? What's going on? It's only 2am. What's happening? <laughs> Uh, uh, reminded that everyone should watch the um, literal video um, subtitles version of Total Eclipse of the Heart. Great. Just I'm real totally good. totally shaking his hand. Over surprise, guy! <laughs> so yeah, so that was that was our week, really. Other than that, I've been at work. Um, I'm still doing the... Did I talk about this on the last podcast? My colleagues and I are, are not buying dinner out. Oh my god. We're just taking packed lunches. Still happening. Still going well. I have not bought a single like prepared food item out since <sighs> like the, in 2017. You are my idol. But bar before we officially started it, because we hadn't discussed it, on about the 3rd of January, a container of soup that I got in the supermarket. But I didn't like, you know, it wasn't like I got it in a cafe or something. So yeah, it cost me a pound. I think I think you get away. Well, like that's the equivalent of buying a portion of soup and bringing it from home. Yeah, exactly. If I'd bought it, if I'd bought several on offer in the supermarket and then brought it in with me, I wouldn't have counted that. So I'm not counting that one either. So basically, I have yeah. not brought dinner out, bought dinner out since 2017, and I have started a blog about it. But it's not; it's very sparse at the moment because I'm rubbish at writing anything on it. But I will, I will, we'll put the link to that in the show notes, and I will yes, do more. Are you? Have you found that you are incredibly wealthy now? Is it swelled well, the coffers? I am yet to notice the the influx of spare cash. Well, it is unfortunate that this coincided with your new cocaine habit, so yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really, really balanced convenient. out. So yeah, I'm like a bleeding gums Murphy. I've just got a really fierce Fabergé problem. Yeah, but you know, over time, I think it will be, and quite excited. Oh, I'm, my budget is going so well this month. Yeah, and I just decided I would stop shopping. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah, I'm also trying to do that. Just don't need. I don't need anything. I spent my Christmas money. And I don't oh, think I've bought anything done else. That. Okay, I bought a new um, like cosmetics bag thing, big thing to put my nail lamp in, so that I don't have to keep it in the ginormous box. But I don't think that counts because no, that is a practical thing, a household also, practical item. Like your slow cooker. I did also buy a slow cooker, but like that cost me ten pounds from Wilco. So, you know, and the cost of powering it is the same as a light bulb because that's how much energy it uses. So imagine if I'd cooked that red cabbage in the oven. What's the real cost? But surely what what they're also saying is you could just put your cabbage next to a lamp and cook it on a light bulb. 
yes that is that is also an option yeah if you just you get like a like a pudding basin and then you get a desk lamp and you sort of lower the desk lamp submerge it into the not like right up to where it screws in so no. it's not like it has it just just submerge the actual bulb portion of it yeah into the food soup stew whatever you're making and that does does very much the same thing i hear yeah should yeah. we do your song and then top five yes my song this week was going to be something charming and lovely but i've gone instead for um <laughs> and i can usually check the exact title because i always call it something wrong this is great thank you is we're not going to take it by Twisted Sister. What's great is as soon as you said I was going to do something nice, but instead I was like, I know what's coming. A hundred percent know what's coming, and I did. We can have the nice thing next week. No, that's not a nice song. I really like that song, but it's more has more specificity than top fives. Top fives. Hey, let's talk food. Okay. Don't just cook your food with a light bulb. Don't ever do that. Actually, <laughs> don't no, do not. Don't ever try that. Disclaimer: Do not cook food with a desk lamp. Because you'll blow something up and also get food poisoning. Yeah. A tip for slow cooker. Not a tip. Rule for slow cooker. Don't ever cook dried beans in it because the toxin that builds up in dried beans is not boiled off correctly in a slow cooker because the heat is not enough. So only ever use canned beans in a slow cooker. Or beans that you've uh, soaked overnight. Or beans that you've soaked overnight, boiled fiercely for 20 minutes and then introduced to the slow cooker. Good God, I didn't know that. I could have died. I wouldn't. All I cook in my slow cooker is pulled pork. Pulled pork and porridge. Mm. Hammy, hammy porridge. I think they would work. Put pulled pork in a porridge. It's like some kind of southern cuisine. American, not yeah. southern, like, sorry. Food. Culture. <laughs> Top five programs about food and cookery. Yes. This was Jessica's suggestion. I'm very excited. I'm sh- sure I will think of more to go in my honourable mentions once we get talking. Um, it is an uh, even week. It is. So it's your chance to go first. Thanks. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, number one. Let's get it out of the way. The- the Great British Bake Off. I nearly just didn't bother putting it on here because I thought it was so obvious. I've recently rewatched series three and I'm working my way through series four because they repeated them on good food. Um, oh, lovely. Lovely stuff. Uh, I mean, it's lovely comfort viewing presented by Mel and Sue about people making cakes. Just p- nice people making nice cakes and they just really love the food that they make. It's, and helping it's each perfect. other. I like it when they help each other. I really enjoyed on the Christmas specials when Mel and Sue got really involved and, and Mel, even went to, uh, Mel even went so far as to take her jacket off. Yes. Uh, and I've just watched the episode where Howard, we're on a Howard series, is trying to get his phyllo bake out of its very um, complex ring thing and doing it with Mel and Sue. All three of them have a fish slice and they keep cutting from between those three. I do not think Mel and Sue, they would not calm me down in that situation. I would be like, you have to leave. I'd rather break it on my own. Um, is it but Glenn they and keep... Catherine in the background? It's, it's Glenn and Becca. That Glenn's series, Becca. and they are just like Glenn's just like I can't look, I can't look, and Becca's like, oh no, what are they doing? But then they get it's the so most traumatizing thing that they've ever witnessed. It's just perfect. their hands over their eyes, like they're watching Doctor Who. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the the Great British Bake Off, uh, dead to me now, of course. Scab, 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 Paul Hollywood. But um, we've got seven happy, pure seasons seasons to look back on, and I do frequently. <laughs> I've too just good, I've, I've well. just rewatched series three for the first time since I think I first saw it because they didn't repeat it when I was doing a, a rewatch last year on BBC Two. They were repeating them, but they didn't repeat Series 3. Um, and it was yeah, I my... I that. That was weird. My husband, Baking James, who I did not care for in the Christmas special. I thought he was a bit of an arse. However, <laughs> in his halcyon days... Lovely well, stuff. closure is important, I guess. 
isn't it just isn't it just but then i actually didn't watch the final because he's so bad in the final i couldn't bring myself to watch it because he so just stressful. he just turns up and he just he, he just goes very off piece um bake-off the great british bake-off number two number two uh supersizes eat slash the supersizes go oh yeah strong 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 choices it's a bbc2 program featuring sue perkins and giles corin sue and giles spending a week uh dressed in period dress and eating the food and most importantly drinking the drink <laughs> drinking the drink of a historical era the first one was they did an edwardian season on bbc4 and they did that one in which they ate a pressed duck something i have aspired to consume ever since the color of it astonishing sort of purple deep it is a deep deep shade of puce burgundy is it they they then did the two series of six episodes each where they they take on a different uh historical uh, a decade or a historical period uh wartime that's great that's got sue perkins uh, filling a handbag with apple crumble um yep the, the best ones are like the things with the Stuarts, where they couldn't drink the water, so you can only drink small beer. And uh, <laughs> Sue is just constantly hammered. Just constantly. Um, I really enjoy the 20s. Oh, that one's great, Teddy. Because they're sort of, they're, they do get gently and consistently sloshed for each, for all of them. There's a brilliant bit in the 20s where Giles has been to drink cocktails because it was, they're talking about prohibition in America. And you can tell he really is quite drunk and trying desperately to do a piece to camera, but he's starting to slur and then he gets on a pogo stick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's really good. And like he's he's at that stage where he's coherent, but you don't have full control over your face anymore. Mm-hmm. Like your thoughts are there, but you you really have to concentrate to get them out. I've heard. I mean, put him on a stage; he'd have been lip syncing for you know in no time. <laughs> I would make such a great drag queen. The fifties has Mary Berry in it. Is there? Is there? Uh... Oh yes, because they have a resident chef, and this is pre Bake Off, so we're all like, "Who's this woman?" Now we yeah. know. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's not that she was, she was hardly undiscovered. Um, the one the is it the Stuarts where they have the the eels and the Legro McCavity ends up basically sitting on the on the the counter opposite, holding a meat cleaver and just shrieking because the eels right eels keep twitching even after they're dead. So even if you've cut its head off, the whole thing is still moving. Mm. And like it was still it was literally thrashing about on the chopping board, and she was trying to cut it up to put it in the in the pan and then even in the pan the bits of the eel are kind of twitching and it was very stressful but really quite funny yeah because i didn't have to be in the room oh i've just remembered an honorable mention honorable mention the great thing about supersizes is but i think it's all on youtube yes it is um yes it is fill your boots number three number three by the way i love food shows so this top five is probably going to take about four hours uh, yeah i've raised this is like the sandwiches we've just got so much to say ace of cakes Ace of cakes. Oh my god. Um, which we so got good. very into uh, in the past, and Jessica once sent me a DVD with some episodes recorded on it while I was in Edinburgh. Um, oh yeah, I got that. Because it was a very stressful summer. I just got a DVD to the Squirrel Party house. I was in a show called Squirrel Party. Well, otherwise, that sentence makes no sense. Um, Ace of cakes. Uh, uh, the the people of um, Baltimore's Charm City Cakes making very elaborately designed and decorated cakes often looking like other bits of food um and it's a lovely program because everyone everyone is nice and there's no jeopardy everyone is nice there's, there's no, no like, jeopardy it's it's not like in, they in, don't like each other as somebody who really likes things like real housewives <laughs> don't judge yeah. me please judge me there's no in there's any no other program there would be like inserted drama or there would be like 
cuts with like really long looks to sort of like loads of side eye and loads of really awkward pauses a la the hills and this cake hasn't worked well oh my god well who's fault is that well i said this sometimes cakes go wrong and they're like that's fine we'll fix it because they're all they are all genuinely friends and it really does just feel like there are just cameras in this that happen to be in this bakery where everyone's having a lovely time and mucking about but still doing really good work um i recently watched an episode where loads of librarians ordered a cake that looked like a, a book trolley and they specially yes. requested that um what's this jeff came to deliver it jeff came to deliver it because he's the sort one. of quiet beardy nice man when i first watched the program i was like well this guy's very like taciturn and sort of like actually oh no he's just like the most deadpan man who has ever existed <laughs> looks like the pineapple cake got canned how long have you been waiting to say that uh, he in one episode says Christmas is cancelled in a very very deadpan manner, and I spent all of this Christmas telling people that Christmas is cancelled. I think it's built year on year since I first saw Jeff say it, and <laughs> yeah, I now same. say it every year Christmas is cancelled. Cancel the pineapples got canned. Number four. Number four. Uh, River Cottage. Oh, how delightful! Yeah, well, that's the reason I've put it on here because I haven't watched it in a long time, apart from the Christmas episodes I recently watched uh, when they repeated at Christmas. But the two box sets that comprise the complete River Cottage television output is in my Amazon wish list because nice. it is such comfort viewing. And when you, as a British person, try to explain it, especially to Americans, you sound like a joke on The Simpsons because you say it's about a man <laughs> called Hugh Fernley Whittingstall who quits his job to open a small holding. And in one episode, uh, the local witch helped him find the appropriate log for his Yule log. Um, do you remember there was an episode where some vegans turned up to whisper some mice out of the place? Yeah. Out of the cottage? I'd forgotten quite how nutty it was. Um, and then they're like sh- shooting wood pigeons on the on the uh, the roof. But what's that thing that Anne Shirley falls off? Oh, the bit that goes across the across the, the, top of the roof. Well, yeah, technically. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It'll come back to me. And and he meets loads of lo- local people. They kill inevitably meet some sort of Wurzel type people who are the cider club or something. And it's yeah. just very yes. gentle. Nettle. He meets nettle eaters. Yeah. He goes to the pub with a bunch of nettle eaters. That's not a euphemism. They're people who eat nettles. Once you chew them, they stop stinging. Apparently, I'm told. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that seems like. Once you chew them, I'm not going to do that. No, thank you. Only if you cook them. Anyway, it's just a very gentle thing about a man in the British countryside cooking, the, and and like there's no there's no shying away from the fact that he rears these lovely pigs and then sends them off to be and then slaughtered. Them into the back of a van to the abattoir, yep. and then he's just got a, a shed full of dried bits of pig, which <laughs> is yeah. a daydream Correct. I have all the time. Um, lovely Hugh Fernley Whittingstall and his. Re- many river cottage series and number five number five man versus food oh my god which i don't even think of that yeah i know i it was a late edition which i've spoken about on this podcast many times i'm sure or at least have told this anecdote which was that i in third year lived with somebody who got us a skybox as part of our internet deal and i had never had sky before and we found man v food in our last term of our last year of university i.e when we should have been doing our finals between us, my housemate and my then boyfriend and I watched an absolutely astonishing amount of Man vs. Food. One day, uh, I'd, we'd made a roast, and we were so full. And yeah, I was watching Man vs. Food, which always makes me hungry. And I was like, I, I, I don't know what's going on. Um, they, that day, they were showing a marathon, so we'd, they'd frequently just show marathons of it. So I could easily sit and watch like eight episodes in a row. Um, and it is uh, a man called Adam going around the US, visiting towns and cities 
going to their famous local restaurants, trying their local cuisines, but most importantly, doing those restaurants' food challenges, which usually involve eating a huge amount or eating something very, very spicy. And uh, in some episodes, he throws up. It's the one with the ice cream. It's the one with the ice cream. It's the one with the ice cream is where he throws up. It's going to get you. Because it's it's actually milkshakes, and he has to drink three of the... Uh, sorry, he has to drink five of the, um, you know, the, the metal like yeah. canisters that you make the ice cream in. But you get three glasses out of those things. And some of the challenges say you have to eat it all and keep it down for 30 and minutes. keep it down for 30 minutes. Which usually he succeeds at. But he, he realised his error in that one was that he he had... Uh, flavors that were too similar and he hadn't got anything that would sort of cut through the others so it all just turned into basically five can't have been liters it must have been pints of yeah monotonous ice cream i mean that's not gonna do you any favors is it (laughs) and uh, it's not an ideal he did not make it to the fifth one in fact i think they blurred pixelated or like just put a sort of a like a sticker like a Facebook style yeah, sticker over cool. over his face at one point just went with like not safe for TV or like exclamation point. But I have a lot of time for man versus food. Oh, it's real fun because he just meets nice people and this is where I learned that barbecue was a cuisine which we don't really have in the US. Well, we've sort of brought it over in recent years but like slow cooked meat as its own cuisine. That's kind of neat. That's my top five. Top fives. Um, so I took a slightly different route. So my top five are all um, instructional oh, okay. programs. And then my um, honorary mentions are just food programs in general. Okay. So my top five uh, is all things that you'd watch to, where they show you how to make recipes. Uh, number one, Pioneer Woman, presented by Reed Drummond. It's just like she lives on a cattle ranch in the middle mm-hmm. of Oklahoma and um, her life mirrors mine not at all but I just find it really like soothing and comforting and everything that she makes I'd be like yeah I could make that um, even though I don't eat steak but like it's just it's just warm and I really like it when they're out or when they're showing like the rest of the family out on the ranch like today they were burning all the pastures so that all the, they could like re- regrow all the all the grass and stuff for the for the cattle or like their loading up cattle for transport or they, they've got a load of new calves in that need their shots or something so everyone's out in like their, their cowboy boots and their and their gloves and stuff and then she's just whipping up like eight gallons of refried beans or something and it's great fabulous i like this new style of cooking program where things are done for an event where it's it's not like hello today on today's show i'm going to be showing you how to make like there's kind of a story behind it it's like hi today everyone's out doing this so i'm going to drive down and meet them and i'm going to bring this stuff with me because they'll be really hungry so they're making like a full meal to like feed the feed the cowboys and kids or take to like the potluck at church or something and i like that and number two is the hairy bikers lovely I'm watching their their comfort food program at the moment, which is really enjoyable. Um, and I especially enjoy because they have loads and loads and loads of shows. Um, but I really enjoyed their um, uh, their Northern Exposure one, which was them uh, biking round and was really interesting. And they cook a, cook like local food as they go and they find it. Um, the comfort food one is is just them in the kitchen saying like there's a theme to each week, but they're like this is what we're going to make today, so there are no bikes involved. Um, and the Harry Bakers are also really good. And that's the same, guys, but baking. This is the first um, Harry Bakers show I've watched. There's Comfort Food. Oh, really? I mean, I've, I've seen bits and bobs of the other ones, but I've never like, sort of yeah, watched... Yeah, you know, you know if they're work. Yeah, I've, and I watched... No, I watched their dieting one. Oh, yeah. But that was kind of more like an hour-long thing. It was it was recipes, but it was also about losing weight, which, as we know, is a TV, season, a TV genre I love. Of course. Lose, uh, losing weight, saving money, 
and um, cleaning your tidy, dirty house. Tidy, tidying up. I want to yep. watch fat people, people who are bad with money, and dirty people are my favourite things. If you could combine all three, I want to watch a fat, a fat, dirty person saving money by eating properly. And tidying their and life. their own house. So while that was happening, Jessica, I was trying to find out whether Reed Drummond... Uh, I worry about Americans whether they support Trump. <laughs> I, I have... thought you'd got a bit quiet. I think, I think she's okay. I think she's okay. But in the meantime, I found that Dean Cain is a Trump supporter. Oh my God. TV's Dean Cain. He's... How could you do this to us? I know. Wait, wait, have you checked on Andrew Keegan? Oh my God. Andrew Keegan is probably... He was probably one of the people that wrote in Harambe. I mean, he, pro- he, was, a ri- <laughs> he was writing in himself. He, yeah, he, or he might not even have. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I both went quiet while presenting a podcast and <laughs> had to bring because, you this. Well, clearly you're working through some important issues here. Dean Cain, guys. Uh, he's Supergirl's dad. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. But... The, what were we talking about? Harry Biker's Comfort Food. It's the first time yes. I properly watched. I had yes. it on a series link. I watched all 15 episodes. It's delightful. There's a bit where Cy puts his hair on a top knot and pretends to be a hipster. <laughs> I haven't reached that one yet. I'm watching it on the train at the moment because it's it's like four, 45 minutes long. So it's just, it's slightly too long to watch a, an episode in a train journey. But mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, lovely. Um, in a complete departure, Bitch in Kitchen. Yep. Presented by Nadia G. It's just um, ridiculous and so enjoyable. And she also cooks decent food, but like there's like a doll's head on the shelf behind her, and every episode has a shot of whatever extreme shoes she's wearing. Wow, yeah, it's like it's just it's very rock and roll, you know. Yeah, I have never seen it, but I know you love it. It's all like bright colours and like animal prints and just ah, ah! oh god. Back in the other direction again, Little Paris Kitchen, which is just delightful, oh, with uh, presented nice. by Rachel Koo from her tiny tiny parisian apartment like her kitchen is about the size of my airing cupboard to be fair i do have a very large an unusually large airing cupboard yeah she has like like she's she's a cordon bleu trained chef but she has this adorable tiny apartment and the kitchen has like two hot rings and like a toaster oven and like this like like the tiny little tiny little grill thing and it's just really diddy and cute and she makes delicious looking food and it's whimsical and amelie like and i don't love it and i vaguely know what a toaster oven is now so i don't i don't think i got all this she does have a toaster oven, but she has a really really small stove oven set up like a baby belling like yes it's kind of like a baby belling it's more in it's more installed than that but yeah yes that's the kind of territory it's a sheer delight and finally slightly back in the opposite direction again i should have grouped these post-punk kitchen which was a cable access show mm-hmm. presented by Issa Chandra Moritz and Terry Hope Romero. And I think they only ever did six episodes. And for a while they were available on the internet and they seem not to be anymore. But they do vegan cooking in one of their um, apartments in Brooklyn. Or did, like, I don't know when this was from. Possibly the late 90s. It's quite it's quite old. But again, really enjoyable. And they have a guest punk band each week who um, turn up in the middle for a musical interlude. But the musical interlude is always them kind of lip-syncing and shouting along to their own songs whilst helping with prep, kitchen prep. Good lord. So they'll be, like, in the living room chop- chopping things at the coffee table whilst, uh, or, like, playing, like, pots and pans drums with wooden spoons. Like, you know, chopping potatoes or something whilst performing one of their own songs. And then they eat stuff and it always looks really good. So those are my top fives. Let's do some honourable mentions. Honourable mentions. Um, I've got Delia's Classic Christmas. Yeah, lovely. I mean, lovely. all Delia, but I really like that one. It's from the 90s. This is a bit where she goes through a mail-order catalogue and advises you on how many pounds of chocolate you might want to buy. Oh, wow. 
I have um, some that you've mentioned already. So I have Great, Great British Bake Off and Ace of Cakes. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've got uh, Harry Biker's Comfort Food on my list. Yep. Um, and I have Super Sizes and River Cottage, which may have been added in after you mentioned them, of course. Um, I have Mary Berry's Christmas, which I did a couple of years ago. Um, her Absolute Favourites and her... She did another that was in the same vein as Absolute yeah. Favourites that was like simple dishes or something sheer sheer perfect mary berry sheer perfection or something like that um as you can imagine just just a sheer uh, just a sheer delight well last year she did a brilliant uh two there were two hours um it was oh, the two part easter one yes and it was wonderful because she was um going uh, and talking to people of different branches of christianity a lot of which have roots in different countries um so sort of greek orthodox and um there's somebody who was polish and that what they cook at easter yeah all the traditional like yeah foods foods of the world and and she would go and they would cook it for her and then she had a big meal at the end when they all celebrated easter and and she that was really nice yeah oh yeah yeah that was lovely um yeah and in her in her absolute favorites and those ones she she goes and meets people um to find out like where often food uh, not necessarily cooks but people who will source food so like they'll go she goes fishing cheese makers garlic growers so food food production um, type of people and then she usually cooks something like appropriate for what she's just done and often gets the grandkids involved which is always fun one of them is really really small with a mat and she always has a big hair bow um, and on this I'd like to add the Bake Off Masterclasses yes and they do often do they do Christmas specials mm, as well yes uh, the Bake Off Masterclasses, which began a couple of series into the Great British Bake Off, which are where Paul and Mary show you how to make some of the technical challenges. I've got the Holiday Baking Championship, which is an absolutely nutty American uh, competitive baking show. I've seen other American competitive baking shows, and this one is actually quite tame in comparison to Cake Wars. This one is, is tame, and it's it's not it's not unpleasant. It has an element of the um, enforced rivalry, uh, like out for themselves kind of thing, but it still manages to be quite jolly. So it doesn't hurt that two of the three judges are Duff Goldman and Lorraine Pascal. Yeah, that that does not hurt it at all. And they are making Christmas food, and um, the two seasons... There have been three seasons, so I'm hoping we're we're a year behind. I hope we'll get the third season this Christmas, 2017. Um, But the first two seasons, in each of them, there has been a girl from Kentucky who's obsessed with bourbon. Yeah. Who are they going to find this year? (laughs) Me. Like, it's really weird to watch, having watched Bake Off, because they'll be like, so I'm going to make bread and butter pudding, and they just go to the pantry and get out a big loaf of bread. (laughs) You're like... What yeah. would Paul say? Did, did you not? Did you not bake a bread? Also, they have um, they have like okay, today's challenge involves citrus or something, and then you can make whatever you want. So they're not all making cookies or all making cupcakes or all making like blondies or something. Yeah. It's kind of a fascinating insight into American baking because they just have a lot of things going on that I've not really experienced. I've got sweets made simple, which was one series, uh, and I really wish they had done more. But it was the um, the sweets company Hope and Greenwood, who are a married couple called. Miss Hope and Mr. Greenwood, and they refer to each other as that. And they were making lovely um, sweets, and they clearly just have a wonderful life being married to each other and making sweets. And he's got a wax. He was a sort of they're very dapper. I had to say aging hipster, but that's what he was. He's he's more like a sort of gent magazine reader. <laughs> yes, yes, he, yes. He that man subscribes to the chap. Oh yes, the chap, not the chap. Uh, I've got two fat ladies. I've got two fat ladies as well. Uh, oh Jennifer. Oh. <laughs> That's my impression. Both dead now, of course. Dead now, of course, yes. Um, I have Jamie's School Dinners, both the UK and US versions, because it's fascinating, but also really heartwarming, because it it is just 
unbelievable when he goes first goes into the schools and is like holding up vegetables and the kids don't know what they are and he's looking at what they're eating for school dinners and like the ones that have packed lunches and they've got like like a bag of Doritos and a Mars bar and some Skittles and obviously other versions of these sweets are available and like some strawberry milk or something that's their lunch is just sweets and sugar and salt and in the American one he filled a school bus with the amount of sugar that all the elementary school children in the US consume in one year just from flavoured milk and by getting a sugar truck in with like a massive hose lowering it through the sunroof and by the time it was finished you couldn't see the school bus anymore because it had like flowed out of the windows and was just a massive like sugar mountain that he was standing on top of and just how bureaucracy is really sort of strict when mm. it comes to what people what like children eat and stuff it was fascinating but then they usually do make improvements in like health and stuff and he's done things in a similar vein uh in high schools with um healthy eating oh i watched a great one um in a similar vein last year that was uh with the year before james martin um doing food in the nhs oh uh, yes with one of the hospitals he went to is a hospital i attend so <laughs> lucky girl. Well. but it was really interesting about yeah you know, how they have to like so many hospitals have closed their kitchens um and and they buy in all this food and it gets there's so much waste and it's just not very healthy and it's not what people want to eat when they're in there because actually you know if you're unwell yeah. having a proper meal with lots yes, of food probably quite dessert. useful because you need the energy to get better uh i've also put down i just put down that food quiz but i found it and it's the big food fight and it was a show that they did on channel four for one series hosted by yes s- Oh my god, Janshu yeah, Porter, Porter, Porter waggling among fish. And they, yeah, they would and literally they had to eat Big like... Macs and you had to work out what you're eating. That yes. was good fun. Oh my god, I've forgotten that. Um, I quite like Anna Olsen Bakes. It's really, really tame. It sounds great. Is she a lovely Swedish American or something? <laughs> yes, I imagine. I do not know her her original like background, but yes. Oh, because from, from Anna Olsen Bakes, it sounds like she's just cooking cinnamon buns. Yeah. I think I have seen her cook cinnamon buns. Um, yeah, it's not. it's not the most exciting. It doesn't have any bright colours in it. But Ugh, you know Sounds what? like if what you... I need. And it's it's I think it's on like first thing in the morning before Ace of Cakes, so you know, you can wake up and then you can watch Ace of Cakes before it's just ah and it's yeah, it's it's the the most calm thing I've ever seen on television. I love calm T V like that. Also a programme which I've just remembered because I had a list of cookery shows open. Our dad and I found it on um Food Channel like last year. And we saw one episode of it and was like, oh, that's great fun. And we never found never it again. It. it was presented by a lady called Kelsey. And I think it's called Kelsey's Essentials or something along those lines. And she was like really jolly. And just, I don't remember what she was cooking, but we were like, yeah, that was great fun. Let's watch that again. And then I've never, never seen or heard of it ever again. Well, I, you know, I think food cookery shows are kind of a lot of what I've been watching because they no want narrative. narrative. No stakes. Something bad happens. Unless, except on Pioneer Woman. Unless stakes. Uh, I'll do a song. Rosie, what's your song? Pipe Dreams by Travis, I think. I've had it before, um, yes. but we had Burns Nights this weekend, and Lucy, my housemate, made a all-Scottish playlist. Oh, of, good stuff. Just, which is great, because my favourite band is Franz Ferdinand, her favourite band is Travis, and between us, we both love Bell and Sebastian, so... Did you watch Travis um, performing with the Scottish Symphony Orchestra, BBC Scottish no. Symphony Orchestra? When was that? It was really good. Six months ago, on BBC Four? Oh, no. And my snack is shortbread. Appropriate. Appropriate. Mine is bakewell tarts. I love a bakewell tart. We had frangipan mince pies at Christmas, which was a kind of blend of the two. I mean the like the, the kind with the icing on top and the little glacé cherry. Yeah. Yeah. Not the one that's just like nude frangipan. No. You want a, a thick water yes. icing and a glacé cherry. Mostly water icing. 
and jam. Needle and thread. Needle and thread. What Jessica doesn't know because I have had the uh, camera off is that I have been knitting all the way through this episode, <laughs> except when oh, I went God. to find out that Dean Kane is Trump supporter. <laughs> I've actually known that for a couple of weeks and didn't know what to tell you, so I thought I'd tell you on air and try and mitigate your reaction. Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah. But yeah. I uh, cast on a sweater like the 29th of December finished it e- on Saturday and that was the Chuck sweater that I was knitting in Serdar Super Soft Aran in a a colourway that I think is called something like Monkey Nuts but it's a kind of burnt orange <laughs> what a fabulous name I don't know if it's actually called Monkey Nuts now I've said well, that it is, it is now it is now um, and that is a cropped fitted cabled sweater with three quarter length sleeves like what one might wear if you were, um, say, attending college in the 1950s. Right, or if you were, say, Chuck from Pushing Daisies. I'm also knitting a cardigan called Peggy Sue, which is a cropped-fitted, cabled cardigan in Serdar Snuggly in, like, cornflower blue kind of colour. Um, and nice. I cast that on yesterday, and it's a top-down raglan, and with all top-down raglans, you're like, God, this is absolutely rocketing along, and then you remember that you increase eight stitches every other row. Oh, God. So, <laughs> uh, you start, it grows by um, one and a half times. You know, if you get if you get bored, just, just don't finish the sleeves. Yeah, and it's in DK, so it's going to be at 320 stitches just before I break off of the sleeves. Yikes. Yeah, that's okay. And my Belmont cardigan is um, just sitting unloved in my knitting bag oh dear it's a fingering weight cardigan guys <laughs> with lace well I, I, I mean I cast it on okay I mean maybe I should just set, set a challenge to like knit a row every day yeah that would be sensible and also over Christmas in about three days I knitted uh, Jeffrey Schindler's media pocket for Kindle or iPad it's not an, an excitingly named pattern I, I saw that in in, pro, in progress it was it was very charming uh, it's a uh, cabled um, into my cables right now uh, cabled Kindle cosy in uh, Erica Knight for John Lewis and that is what my craft has been I have not really done any craft I picked up that um, child's tunic that I started knitting for myself a while ago I need to rip back a couple of rows because I um, to like the previous section I've like two or three rows not even full rows like two and a half maybe to the to the the initial section because I was having to sort of learn a few things as I was going and then I put it down and I stuff I don't know why I did this I put it down mid row so um that was stupid so I'm going to I'm just going to undo those those three and also it's been so long that I really don't remember um what what it entails so I'm just going to rip back to those and um get going on it again because it's just sitting on my place at work sort of looking at me I have done some cooking, obviously, because I'm doing the whole taking dinner with me. So I made lasagna and I've made some um, soup. I made leek and potato soup, but I was leek and sweet potato because make it a bit different. I find leek and potato soup can be a little bit bland. Tedious. It's a tedious. It's a tedious soup. Um, leek potato soup. You've got to put a lot of pepper I, in it. I, I don't like it. Um, yeah, you really have to season it well. Um so it's yeah but it's it's delish um i might make a curry tonight or some sort of veggie sausage hot pot thing or i might make it actually tomorrow morning because i need to finish eating up the soup so then if i make it tomorrow morning then i can take it to work with me that's my plan and i might bake a cake, oh, I make a cake. and i'm going good old-fashioned victoria sponge cake yes i haven't baked I, cake for uh, ages me neither well i baked cake. christmas cake but i mean that was in november i didn't even do that didn't even make mince pies this year. I didn't do anything. Christmas was a bit of a write-off, though, wasn't it? Because the world was terrible. Yeah, it was. An, it was, was just yeah. like, yeah, this is happening. Whatever. I failed slightly at Operation Get Festive, so I didn't feel that festive. 
And it was a lovely day, and we had friends visiting. It was delightful. That's the thing. I feel it was a lovely day, but like you can have a lovely day all year round. Yeah, it didn't have to be Christmas. Christmas is dead to me. I mean, I, I was having a great time, but that's because I was wearing a ball gown and drank quite a lot of sixpence cider. <laughs> nice. I had penguin slippers on, and ate mm-hmm. a lot of bread sauce. Mm-mm-mm. So there you go. What have we seen this week? What have we seen this week? Oi! Well, I forgot we had this as a segment, so I've not prepared in any way. Uh, it's alright, I didn't forget. This is a year old, but it came round on things from Good. a year ago, and it's McSweeney's uh, list, alternative to resting bitch face, things such as, um, thanks for behaving so predictably badly face, <laughs> I would yes. prefer not to yep. face, this smile must look fake because it totally is face, way to not say please face, I'll be going now face. Also what I have some cabot coverage do you it is uh from last month but it is an article called murder she wrote jessica fletcher is the hero we need right now um and basically it's all about why watching murder she wrote is uh is a useful thing to do um at this time yes, because it, yeah. it's it's a nice safe place and it's also full of a, a, a woman sort of destroying everyone in her wake and well dressed and everyone likes her so that's uh, so that's from LA Weekly, um, and that's kind of it. I mean, things cool. things on the internet are, are harsh and bleak. Don't go looking. No, do not do that. Picture of really cute baby saying uh, with a sign saying "I had naps, but I stay woke" at the protest last week. Mm-hmm. That was delightful. Lots of pictures of woke babies. It's really that became an internet thing. Um, uh, a guy called Randy Rainbow, who is uh, on, I found this on Twitter. Uh, he, he describes himself as bias politically aware show queen, comedian, actor, and internet sensation. He has made a little video in response uh, to Kellyanne Conway talking about alternative facts uh, that turns into um, a parody of Cats uh, by Andrew Lloyd Webber. That's quite funny. Um, let's. Woo. Bye. Oh my god, Felicia Day has had a baby and she's called Calliope Maeve. That's a real name. Is that it? Calliope, yes. Calliope. Potato. Classical Greek. Yeah. Maeve. We both know how to pronounce Maeve. I do. Maeve is a great name. Cool. Anyway, on that brief derailment. Yay! Podcast! Yay! Yes, goodbye, ciao. Farewell. See you all in two weeks. Or something. Okay, bye. To find out more and to read show notes, find links and photos for this and past episodes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at say hello to rosieandjessica at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at the Day of Fun Show. Rosie and Jessica t-shirts are now available. You can shop for all your Day of Fun needs at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash ohmygreyhounds. And now you can become a monthly subscriber and support Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun at our Patreon. Just visit patreon.com forward slash Rosie and Jessica. Thanks for listening.